Hello, welcome to Macro ESG, Markets, Politics, and Technology for a Sustainable Future. Today is Sunday, the 16th of August, 2020, at 9.51 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. My name is Greg Beyer. Thank you for joining us. Today's piece is entitled, Buy the Belarus Bust, Depends on Global Power Dynamics. Summary. Belarus's recent instability is a product of international oil politics and the poor public health response of the European and American democracies to the pandemic, combined with an aging autocrat that didn't deliver much in the way of benefits to his people. This is a prime example of global power dynamics at work, and the events in Belarus are a byproduct of these primary changes. That isn't to say that Belarus wasn't ripe for a change. It likely was but it shows just how interconnected the world is today. Belarus was on the receiving end of a lot of feedback from the global system. Now the only question is, what will Belarus's feedback be back into the system of global power dynamics? The flip-flop. The flip-flop by Belarusian leader Lukashenko this weekend is one for the history books. Rarely does one get to witness a leader so completely reverse his position in so short a time. He switched his allegiance in a flash from fear of Russian control to one of EU and NATO interference. This has to be one of the most stunning reversals in recent memory and just goes to show how leaders will do anything to hold on to power. Mr. Lukashenko's warning of Russian interference bordering on a coup began with parading around 30 mercenaries of the Russian Wagner Group who were caught outside Minsk in the run-up to the election and roughly humiliated in front of the cameras. After the election, it was widely considered to be fraudulently won with an 80% majority for the incumbent that sparked running street battles, which was then followed with the incredibly savage act of scooping up thousands of protesters and beating their backs, legs, and hindquarters ruthlessly. This snapped the fear of government, of the government amongst the population and brought open revolt out onto the streets. Even his opponent, the wife of the popular jail blogger, was taken into custody for seven hours where she was apparently forced to produce a video calling for the population to accept the result and return to normal life before going into exile in Lithuania with her children. Mr. Lukashenko had tried to wiggle free of Russian control through energy independence via seaborne energy supplies with multiple nations, including the USA. Please see the uh, earlier macro ESG piece how Mike Pompeo blew up the oil market and changed Russian and Saudi oil politics for more information. But now he is caught up in the act of political survival ever since the employees of the state-owned state-owned companies began to put down their tools late this past week and went on strike in sympathy with the protesters who had been violently abused by his security forces while in custody. Leaders of EU states began to call for an internationally monitored investigation and even another election. This pushed Mr. Lukashenko into the arms of Mr. Putin, who offered to send in the Russian military to provide support if needed 
as the leader of Belarus falsely claimed that NATO forces were massing on the border to invade. So what are Mr. Putin's incentives for getting involved in Belarus? One, wants to control the land borders of Russia. Two, fears a color revolution in Russia, so he's keen to put it down in Belarus to avoid inspiring anything at home. And three, afraid of the EU creating a free and open society right on the Russian border, which may increase discontent in Russia. Russian ruble and Belarus ruble story. Apparently, the real story of the revolution that is on the streets today can be found in the exchange rates. And I find this interesting because people aren't discussing this in the press, so um, this is sort of fascinating. As Macro ESG pointed out earlier in the year in the Pompeo piece, the big dive in oil prices strengthened the USD and knocked the Russian currency hard and took Belarus with it. But it's more than that. It's also the rally in the dollar on a flight to safety during the pandemic as well. Belarus's recent instability, and then I'm repeating the points that I made in the summary in the beginning, but Belarus's recent instability is a product of international oil politics and the poor public health response of the European and American democracies to the pandemic combined with an aging autocrat that didn't deliver much in the way of benefits to his people. So again, this is a prime example of global power dynamics at work, and the events in Belarus are a byproduct of these primary changes. And then, uh, so this is the key. Belarus was on the receiving end of a lot of feedback from the global system. Now the only question is, what will Belarus's feedback be back into the global system of global power dynamics? And that is probably the really key question of this entire event. Um, so if you look at the currency, starting with the Russian ruble, beginning January 10th uh, and ending on March 23rd, the Russian ruble declined from 60 to 80 against the dollar, losing a full third of its value a little over two months. So that change created stress. Then uh, the same thing happened with the Belarusian ruble, which by my chart declined by 28%. I'm not sure whether currency is thinly traded as the Belarusian as the Belarusian ruble. Um, if this of these currency prices in a thinly traded market like that, how real they are, and I suspect they're not real. So, actual depreciation in the black market or other markets may tell the true story, likely worse, and it's just simply data that I don't presently have. The dollar steadily but modestly appreciated against the Russian ruble until 2014 when it doubled against the ruble in 2015 and from its earlier base nearly tripled by 2016. The dollar appreciated against the Belarusian ruble by eight times between 2011 and 2020. Eight times, that's a significant number. That decline in the currency had almost certainly fostered a great deal of discontent and suffering. In Belarus, it has been trading in sympathy with the Russian ruble, but prone to far larger depreciations against the dollar. Uh, and then there's a comparison chart. Uh, once to 51% of the, of the depreciation of the Belarus Central Bank in 2011, it accounted for the two currencies, um, uh, have been trading in near tandem since 2012. So that's clear. And then 
In January of 2015, the Belarus Central Bank devalued the Belarusian ruble by 23% against the dollar, resulting in an even tighter trading pattern between the two currencies, uh, between Russia and Belarus, with the dollar strengthening by 40% against the Belarusian ruble than the Russian ruble. So um, that's a lot of pain. Investment implications. Clearly, the currency story is a big player in the fall of Belarus. If Belarus can break free from being tied to the Russian ruble and link up its currency through an institutional set of reforms and policy alignments to the EU and the US, then there could be a chance of ending this calamitous decline in the currency. I'm not sure if the currency is the cause, a symptom, or both of the problem vexing Belarus. I suspect both. With another color revolution currently getting underway in Thailand, with students keen to reform the monarchy, a completely unthinkable position from just a few years ago, as they have very, very strong laws uh, protecting uh, the monarchy from any kind of criticism whatsoever, with significant uh, jail times being imposed. Big changes are afoot in the world. Russia is already playing a dangerous game with the vaccine, and Mr. Putin could be dethroned if his fast-tracked vaccine harms the public. This is the reason that Mr. Trump is being shown the door by the American electorate, because the American response, uh, the, Trump, uh, the Trump administration's response to the pandemic has been disastrous. Mr. Putin would be bringing a lot of heat on himself if Russia were to invade Belarus. Russia cannot risk alienating the West, which it desperately needs to check China. The only reason Russia invaded Crimea is because of its strategic location, mainly the, uh, the warm water port in the Black Sea, and long historic association with Russia. And it was given in a grand gesture uh, during the uh, Soviet Union time uh, to try to create a, 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 a bigger country at that time, and basically Russia took it back. Well, Russia has strong long-term investment uh, prospects. The current situation is cloudy and getting negative for Russia between the vaccine and Belarus. If Belarus does change power without Russia invading, and it stays democratic, and then along with the other things, talking about uh, currency institutional reforms, there could be a big opportunity to buy Belarus, particularly if the new Biden administration is supportive of the new leadership. And that assumes Lukashenko leaves. Overall, across the world, there appears to be a periodic breakdown of support amongst young people who feel that they're being ruled by corrupt leaders who don't deliver much. This appears to be one of those times. Thank you very much for joining us. I wish you a very good, healthy, and safe day. Take care.